We'll start out by giving you a uh, testimony. You know, last week we talked about the whole theme of this series is seduction, which we're talking about today, sex, soul ties, and transference of spirits. And so uh, uh, it is the seduction that can cause soul ties, sex that causes soul ties, and transference of spirits that causes soul ties. So soul ties is in the middle, and those three things cause that one thing. Uh, sometimes it can be one, sometimes it can be all three together. Um, if it's all three together, it can be very difficult to break that. You know, but to give you an example, you know, last week we went over scriptures to talk about how you can have a soul tied to a friend, soul tied to a church, soul tied to a family, soul tied to a city, soul tied definitely to another individual, whether they are male or female. And um, remember, one of the scriptures that we gave was uh, the Bible says that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And uh, just to show you how real these things um, are, uh, we end up with a testimony, or one out of many, a testimony of a, uh, of a young lady who, um, she was abused for a long time earlier in her life, up and almost up until adulthood. And so she never really experienced love. And then when she went to school, she ended up meeting a young lady who was her friend, and, uh, and they became best friends. Um, nothing sexual. It was just they became best friends. Uh, but then they had a falling out. Have you ever had a falling out with your best friend or a friend period? And uh, they had a falling out. She apologized to the friend, but the friend never, they never really recovered. So she tried to reach out and she wouldn't return phone calls, etc. That means that the person did not forgive you, by the way. Okay. Uh, when, you, when you truly have forgiven somebody, you're able to go on with the relationship, you know. But, uh, um, so she said, you know, the young lady only called her a couple of more times over the years, but it was because she wanted to use her for some money or stuff like that. You know, so, but what happened was is that when a relationship went sour, she couldn't get over it. Um, the same way you would have a woman that breaks up with a man. So, I mean, she just fell into depression, thought about her every single day. This became a burden. It became a real problem in her life, and this went on for years. Uh, and so uh, she did not know that she had a soul tied to a friend. So she said this thing was so strong and it was so difficult that she ended up going to a couple of uh, psych, is it a psychiatrist or psychologist? Both of them crazy, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> she ended up going to the pee people. Okay, can't believe I just said that. I usually, y'all, I spend half my time detangling the foolishness that people got from some sort of quote unquote, just because somebody went to school, got a degree, doesn't mean that they are smart. It just means they can pass tests sometimes. So either way, she went to two psychologists, psychiatrists. Whatever. One of them gives you medication, the other one doesn't. I, I never forget that. Uh, I can never remember it. But they said, well, the reason why you have any strong feelings for this girl is because you're a lesbian. And so, uh, and so, um, so yeah, they, they told her that, put that in her head. And so she was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should go ahead and try it. So she ended up trying that. But she got her deliverance instantly. She said she gave another girl a kiss and was like, no, 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 I'm not a lesbian at all. Because there is nothing here whatsoever. So she said she tried and been plagued with this. Well, last weekend, this young lady was uh, asleep and she was laying on the bed and she was laying on the bed saying, Lord, what is this? How come I cannot get my friend out of my system? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then um, we preached what we preached last weekend and she listened to the media page and then she realized what it was. Then she went and released that girl in prayer, and then the burden lifted, and now she's free. Amen. Okay, so, so soul ties are very, 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 very much real. Um, I know some people believe in them, 
and um, but they go too far with it. You know, every Elvin, do you mind if I give a quick definition oh, yeah, for those ahead. who weren't there la last mm -hmm. week? We're not going to do a complete review of last week's message. We encourage you to get the CD or listen to it on the media page. But I did want to give you a, a definition to help you help keep in perspective what we're talking about concerning a soul tie. A soul tie is defined as a spiritual connection or a really, really strong bond between two people who have been physically intimate with each other or who have had an intense emotional or spiritual association or relationship. So in the instance of these two girls, there was no sexuality involved. They had just a really, really strong, intense bond. So if you've had a best friend or someone that you've grown up with that you've loved for a long time, there's a really strong, intimate, emotional bond there. So they can be a soul tie without sex. It can be both. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, sex will usually, sex can make it extremely strong, almost like a glue. But they can be just as strong without sex. It all depends on the emotional, you know, like in her particular case, you can see you can see how this first friend was the equivalent of sex because it was the first time she experienced love. And intimacy. And, and intimacy just being close on that to particular someone, level. Just being being close. close. Yeah. So so it's very, very important. You know, like I was saying, you know, some people they teach, you know, every, you come in contact with a chair, you got a soul tied. You know, they just go, it's usually the one side or the other. You know, where I come from, they don't even believe in them. You know, and then the other side is, you know, you know, everything. You just got to be delivered from everything. You got to, you know, they want to send you through a demon casting out session and rub you down. Just stop. You know, and with this series, it's about personal responsibility. Okay. Um, you have to, because there are some of you that do have soul ties in a particular area. There are some of you that don't. There are some of you that need to get rid of some items at your home. And there are some of you that you don't need to get rid of anything. You are just fine. You know, you have to that. Some of you, as we go through this series, you'll already begin to know, oh, that's what that situation is. Or while I'm talking, you know, the Lord will bring to your attention that picture of that individual that you have on the bottom part of your drawer in the secret place that your spouse doesn't know about. You know, or like an individual when I was we were ministering last weekend, there was a brother in the audience. As I was preaching, he was going through his phone deleting names. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's individual. So we're going to jump into part two. If you haven't listened to part one of the introduction last weekend, go ahead and do that. And uh, we're, uh, we have some uh, very serious stories for you this morning because stories help you understand the problem. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up. Well, let me start. just say this one more thing before, oh. you, before you start. Um, and that is um, just because you have a memory of a person, a memory of someone in your past doesn't mean you have a soul tied to that person. You can have a memory of someone that you were intimate with at some time, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, five years A memory is not a soul tie. A soul tie, again, is when you have that intense bond to someone who is no longer in your life, no, no longer a part of your life that you can't seem to shake. It's a bond. It's an attachment. It's not a memory. Oh, that's right, because we have seduction. That's soul tie here. Right. I got you. Okay, James chapter 1 and verse 12. We'll go ahead and start on uh, today's teaching on the spirit of seduction. We're going to do this for two weeks. Um, this is two-sided here. Next week is a little bit different, but... James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Amen. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. He himself does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Everybody say, my own lust. My own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. This is what you call the mathematical formula for sin. It is an actual formula that the enemy will use on you. 
Um, and so, but I, um, before my wife kind of jumps into her part here, I wanted to say that there is a there is a slight difference between your own personal lust or your own personal issue that will drive you to do something crazy versus you being seduced into something. Uh, when you're be- when you're being seduced into something, it requires a second party. OK, you have to be seduced by another individual by or another uh, being. Uh, it usually involves trying to uh, convince you into doing something that you may not uh, want to do. Now, let me say this. Your own personal issue or weaknesses can cause you to have an open door and be seduced in that area. OK, so you have to be very careful. You know, like I told them yesterday, all of how many know all of us have a weak area, at least one. Some of us got more than one. OK, but whatever your weak areas are, you need to focus on those weak areas. Any of you ever been to the gym? Most of you have seen this. You go to the gym, you see this guy big up here, but he got legs like a pencil looking like a little bird. <laughs> OK, it just simply means that he worked on the upper body or he didn't work on his legs. Or you see some guys chest, boom, arms, boom, stomach, Santa Claus. That <laughs> lets you know that he's not eating right and he's not doing any cardio. So you can focus on any weak area, but when it comes to your weak areas at an individual, the devil will send people across your path to seduce you in that personal weak area. Okay, and so it can be anything. It can be women. It can be pornography. It can be men. It can be food. It can be it can be anything. Um, you know, what's your money? All of that. So I'm just going to give you a definition of seduction. This is one. My wife will give you another one. It is enticing someone astray. From right behavior, an act of winning the love, affections, or sexual favor of someone, and uh, one of the definitions of it is a conquest. A lot of times when seduction is being used on you, this individual is trying to conquer you, whether it be in the area of money, whether it be in the area of a sale for you buying something, whether it be in the area of sex, whatever it is, or them trying to get you to do something. Uh, seduction will be used on you um, to try to pull you into something. And usually when they do it, it's 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 pulling you into something with the impression that it's going to be good for you. When actually it's going to be good for them, not for you. It'll seem like it's good for you. Then you'll find out it was bad for you and it'll be good for them. So we'll go ahead and jump into her part and I'll just follow her lead. Now, he gave the definition of seduction. I want to go a little bit deeper and we'll talk about the spirit of seduction because it is a spirit. The Bible says the devil is the one who comes to kill, steal and destroy. He is not for your good and he wants to deceive you so that you will be tricked out of your destiny. The spirit of seduction is a being or a force that influences a person to entice, to deceive, to manipulate or to lead astray in order to get what it wants, such as sex, money and power. A few close companions are control, pride, and rebellion. I'll repeat that. A spirit of seduction is a being or a force that influences a person to entice, deceive, manipulate, or lead astray in order to get what it wants, such as sex, money, and power. So it's a very selfish kind of thing. When when it comes to love, love gives, it doesn't take. Seduction takes, 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 takes. Takes. There's nothing left. Seduction takes. Sometimes in the name of love. Let's go ahead and read Genesis 3 and then we can start telling them a couple of stories. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. 
He said to the woman, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Now, verse one says the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field. Crafty means cunning, artful, skillful in devising and pursuing a scheme by deceiving others or by taking advantage of their ignorance. Sounds like the spirit of seduction right here in the Garden of Eden. A woman who has everything, a great husband, a great home, good looks, she's in shape, everything she desires, and yet she's in this garden, and then here comes along the spirit of seduction by way of the serpent. Now, she's getting ready to tell you a story, maybe. (laughs) And the, the key that we want you to understand here, because we have here a scriptural example but then we're getting ready to give you a real life example that really hit home super hard with us. Because here you have a scenario where Eve has everything. Always remember this. Okay, Eve has everything. And so she has everything except for this one small thing. And the devil comes in and convinces her that she's missing out on everything because she doesn't have this one thing. Okay, And so she had everything. She had the perfect environment, perfect prosperity, perfectly healed. I mean, you have to understand, you know, I don't want to get into that teaching today, but because of sin, Bible says that the curse that came upon the woman, he said, God said, I will greatly multiply your conception time and your sorrow, which means before sin came into the world, a woman did not have pain when she had a baby. And the scripture seems to imply, this is more of my opinion here, seems to imply that a woman had a baby um, in one month and then her body, body snapped back to perfection because the curse was I will greatly increase the time which means it was never nine months. Okay, scripture seems to imply that it was one month. But the point is is that she had a perfect environment, she had a perfect husband, perfect prosperity, but the one little thing that she did not have, that's what the enemy did, is that he focused on that, one little thing. Now men have to be very careful with this, but women also, particularly women who are married, the devil is always going to push you, push your buttons in regards to what you don't have. Your husband, out of 10 areas, your husband might be meeting eight. Know that every day the devil is going to ride you about the two to convince you that the two are everything when actually it's not. Say, it's just something about when we want a particular thing, it seems like it's everything. When you get that one thing, you realize it wasn't everything. Okay, so we're going to tell you a story that's actually horrific. You know, I had to put my uh, self in check uh, when it came to uh, this story. It still bothers me to this day. And you got something that still bothers me. Now, I know I've forgiven. I mean, this this really hit. And I how many know that it seems like the thing that hits you the hardest is the one that you didn't see coming. Right. And and that's how it was for me. So you want to start it or you. You said you can start. it. Okay, go ahead. No, I don't mind mess it up. It's better for me to ride her coattail. There's a woman that I know. Very, very beautiful woman. She was married, and I say was because she's no longer married. She was married, had three beautiful children, and from the outside, looked like she had a really great life. 
Her husband was devoted to her, committed to her, loved her, took care of the children. She was a stay-at-home mom, homeschool mom. They had gone to Bible school. For all intents and purposes, like a really great life. I mean, most men would want what she had. But what you could not see was in her heart, there was a root of discontentment. Her husband did not make a lot of money. Now, her bills, their bills were paid. And again, she was a stay-at-home mom. But they didn't have all the extras and things that she wanted in life. She wanted to work. He preferred for her to stay home. So eventually, she kept asking, kept asking. So she wore him down, and he let her get this job. Hold she, on, let me, see, let me add this. I'm sorry. We're going to interrupt each other every once in a while. Let me say this. They weren't living in a barn, okay? I mean, the home that they were in, most of us would be just fine with. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay, so he's the provider. And so, you know, we don't want to give you the impression that, you know, they were in this situation. We need extra money. No, they were well taken care of. Trust me, they were well taken care of, you know. But then she had this issue in her heart of, I just got to have more than what we have right now. Most people would want what they had. Okay, but I got to have more. That spirit of discontentment. So you have lust because she's looking at what other women has. She's looking at what this one has, this one has, that one has, this one has. And I, I want it. Why can't I have it? I've been serving. I've been at home taking care of my family. Why can't I have it? So discontent sets up in her heart. And she begins to meditate on these feelings and begged her husband to let her get her job. So he led her against, his, against just Everybody. what he was feeling. He just did not have peace about her going out there to model. But he let her do it. She became a model for the auto show. Again, very beautiful woman. So she's traveling all over the country, right? She gets out there in a different state. And behold, there is a man at home washing his car, minding his own business. In that state. Minding his own business. And something tells him to put on your clothes and go to the auto show. He has no thought to go there. He's, he's washing his car. Shorts, T-shirt, jeans, whatever, shoes. He gets, he gets dressed and goes out to the auto show. I'm just trying to give you all how this looks. We're trying to make sure we paint this picture. This man is washed. She's in another state to work at the auto show. This man that she does not know is in a part of that city washing his car in the driveway. A voice comes to him and tells him, set this car down, go inside, take a shower, put on some nice clothes, head to the auto show. So we're just sharing this with you to show you how the spirit of seduction is now in action. Setting this girl up because of her lust and her discontentment. So he goes to the auto show. He sees the girl, exactly what he likes. He approaches her. She tells him, I'm married. And he says, okay. I'm go-. And she tells him, I'm going on break. So she leaves to go on break. He finds her. In this big convention center, he finds her. Talks to her. I told you I was married. But he gives her his card. She should have done what with the card? Thrown it away. <laughs> Thrown it away. But she takes the car, she puts it in her purse, and she goes back home to her husband and family. She gets back home, and there, of course, you know, the devil is there about her discontentment, right? This man ain't this, this man ain't that, this man ain't doing this, he ain't doing that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's, so she takes the card, and what does she do? She calls the man. So this is where it all starts. She calls the man. She travels around the country. He ends up hooking up with her wherever she is. He gives her the impression that he is Big Willie, that he has all this money, he's got this great car, and he can give her this lavish lifestyle, and girl, you don't have to go back home to that. I got you, girl. I'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. She's still married. She's carrying an affair. He gets her a secret cell phone. 
She's still traveling here and there and everywhere. The Lord begins to give me dreams. Mm-hmm. And I'm confused as to what's happening. So I, I have to ask her about it. And I'm telling her, break this off. I'm thinking maybe she's going through something. Okay, break this off. Get it right. Repent. Get it together. She ends up getting pregnant. She has an abortion. Married woman of God has gone to Bible school, has a great family, and she falls into something. She has the abortion. She talks to the husband, and they, he ends up finding the cell phone, and all these things go on. He agrees to forgive her. It's a very difficult thing for a man to forgive a woman after adultery. Amen. Women, we can forgive. We're more forgiving. But for a man to forgive a woman of adultery is a very difficult, difficult thing. Most can't do it. So he agrees to forgive her, and we're going to just let this go on. The man is in another state. We'll just pick up where we left off, and we'll just, you know, get it together, and we'll work it out. Well, she doesn't cut it off. When there is an affair involved and there's a third party, you have to cut that person clean. Change your phone number, email, any kind of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There can be no access to you. You have to cut it because there's too much room for that person to come back. When you have a down moment, you have an argument, you feel sad, you feel discouraged, it's too easy to then go back to what you left. So she doesn't. She tries, but she doesn't. She's just like she is tied to this man because now she has slept with him. And even if she wanted to get back with her family, she is allowing herself to keep going back to this man, wherever he is, wherever she is, traveling, all that. So she gets pregnant again. Now she leaves her husband, and she leaves her children, and she moves out, and she's on her own carrying the man's baby. And so all through this time, I'm getting all these dreams and visions. I'm giving her a word. I mean, she darn near cussed me out. I would never do this. I would never do that. I would never do this. And she's doing all the things that she said she would never do. So here's what happened. She divorced her husband, left the children. She moved to a different state with this man and this new baby. She gets there, and everything that he told her was a lie. The sheriffs are now there to, to evict them. So what she thought he had all this money, all these things going for him, it was not true. The sheriffs are at her door, so she calls me in a panic, crying, and I tell her what to do. Call the ex-husband. I say, he will come and get you. He will come get you, he'll get the baby, and he will take you back home. Now, I had not talked to the man, but I knew that he loved this woman, and he, wanted, he desperately wanted this family to stay together. So she did what I said. She called me. He said, I will come and get you. I will move out, and you can stay with the kids in the house. And she didn't go back. We watched, we watched, we watched the Lord do everything. I have to be totally honest with you, you know, and I'm, you know, if you say you're a good husband, always look at the wife to see if she, her face agrees. I'm a good husband and a good you're father. a great husband and a great father. And uh, now I used to not be, I used to be a good husband and a not so great father. And I had, she had to put me in check about that. And it wasn't being done on purpose. So I had to get on top of some things with that. But. But I thought I was a man until I saw this dude do what he did. Yeah. And I sent him an email. I said, hey, man, I said, man, I said, you're on another level than me because we're giving you the clean part. Okay? Well, when I tell you, it was as though the devil had become a woman and tried to destroy this man. And this man's love for this woman would say, no matter how many times you left me, I mean, all the way down to I will let you move back. You move in the kids and I'll move out. I mean, this dude loves this girl. 
And um, and she just that that thing had gotten so big on the inside of her that. And and I remember, I mean, because it was so crazy that the only person that was in her life was my wife. And the Holy Spirit had to do a number on me because I was just like, no, this girl needs to be destroyed. I mean, I'm just telling you where I was. I'm like, no, this girl, she just needs to be destroyed. And Holy Spirit had to put me in check about my attitude because he was using my wife as the only thread to get to this woman to stop her destruction. And it was really, really sad because the one thing that in her mind her husband did not have is the one thing that it seemed like this one guy had. And because it was the one thing that he had, it seemed like he was better than her husband in every single area. He was nothing. I mean, and he, he was, was, he was, he was a flat-out, dressed-up bum. Matter of fact, we had a scenario one time where they were talking about coming to visit to... I said, oh, no, 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 I can't even be in his presence. I'm going to shoot that guy in his face. I can guarantee you that. I mean, I was gone. I'm, I'm just... Because of what... I mean, because he got in the mix and tried to make it seem like that God was behind this and... You don't tell me something like that, dude. We're not even going to use no scripture. So I'm going to just call a couple of my boys with a yeah. bat and go across. So you'll have men who don't know God, don't know anything about God, and they proclaim to love God. And I know God. You don't know God. If you know God, there will be fruit in your life. Mm -hmm. There will be some fruit. You don't know God. And this man did not know God. I mean, you come into another man's house and take his wife and his children, and you destroy his family, and you know God? That's and not God. That's Lust. Hold the husband over the phone. Shia, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's speak in tongues for a moment so I can get my mind right. The point that they were making is, is that, is that she went with that guy and found out, found out that not only did he not have what he said he had, but he had none of the attributes of her pre previous husband. Now she has since now divorced him also. Hold on, hold oh, I'm on. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm listening. So she marries the guy. <laughs> She's married for a couple years. <laughs> Told you I couldn't. And I have it. a dream. The last dream I had was I was going to visit her in her state. And when I arrived, she had left him, moved into an apartment. She was setting up her apartment. So I called her and I told her about this dream that I had. And she said, Well, I'm in the process right now of getting my uh, everything finalized for my apartment because I'm moving out. I'm leaving. And I realized I got off track and I have to find a way to get back on track. So that is the purpose of prayer and interceding for people. They may not hear your words because they're so deep in their deception and their sin. They won't hear your words. But when you pray for them, the Lord will make sure that he will give them dreams and visions and arrest them at some point to get them back on track. Because the girl has a destiny. God has a plan for her life. And it doesn't matter how far she got off. God has not forgotten her. He has not I mean, he has forgiven her, and now she has divorced the man. She has gotten back on track. She is back in the Word. She's following God, and she's still in the process of having her life restored. And it's still taking some time, but she's in that process. She's in that process. So what the devil meant for bad, trying to take this girl completely out, the Lord is now getting glory in her life. But I wanted to show you that the spirit of seduction is real. It wasn't some mutual attraction. It's just so nice and wonderful because she was married. She had someone. He had someone. And now this voice speaks to this man out of nowhere. He stops washing his car, and he shows up at the right time, at the right place to give her what she was lusting for in her heart. And that was a valuable lesson for me about the demonic about how the devil knew what was in this girl's heart. Wait until she got to a particular city 
and then they search to and fro throughout the city and let's find the exact profile of a man that will fit the description of what she has in her heart. And then we'll convince him to go to the auto show. And the dude walked right up to her. Says she turned around, he was standing right there. Hey, so so it is uh, it's very heartbreaking, you know, to to see that, but it lets you know, you know, let me say this, and this is with everybody, but particularly if you are single in here, you need to pay attention to anybody that tells you that person that's your friend or that person that you're dating, something is wrong with them. You don't need to fight against that. Okay? You don't need to fight against that because you can't see your own deception because usually by then you have a soul tied in the first place. You're in love. Love is a blinder. How many of you know marriage is an eye opener? Amen. Okay. (laughs) Where that came from. (laughs) I didn't mean it the way some of y'all might have taken it, but it is an eye opener. Okay, but but you have to be very careful about this, you know, and and sometimes when, when I, I, I did a counseling session years ago with a couple and and uh, now the wife actually said that it was her. She opened up the door for her husband to be seduced by another woman. Okay, they were Christian. He got seduced by a Muslim girl. Next thing you know, he has moved out the house and is living with the Muslim girl. So the girl his wife comes and sees me. I mean, she is like shriveled down because she is so depressed and emotional and she, she's not eating, et cetera, et cetera. He did one strange thing. He spent a lot of time. He had just gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. He, had, he was spending a lot of time praying in tongues. And I just, by the spirit of God, when she came and see me, I said, wait. I said, a man, even in sin, that starts praying in tongues like that cannot do that without the Holy Spirit arresting me. Yes. Sure enough, next week he was in my office. With his eyes open, he said, man, I've been deceived by the devil. I said, yes, we knew that. Glad to see that you out. This is what was deep because he had already had sex with the other girl. Okay, now this is not always the case. He when he recognized he needed to get back with his wife. um, He was too concerned about hurting the feelings of the girl he had been with. So he was like, well, you know, I got to get back with my wife. And she was willing to take him back and everything. He said, but what about the other girl? That is not your concern. And that's what I told him. That's not your concern. That's not your concern. And, and dude, you, she, she, you must recognize I was, wasn't supposed to do this. She must recognize I shouldn't have pulled him into this. So that's not your concern. And then she was talking about hurting herself. So I had to help him. This is when he got it. I said, let's put it this way. Since you're not getting all the scriptures, let me put it this way. The next time you come to church on Sunday, if you and your wife are walking into the church, and this Muslim girl is on top of the church building on the roof saying, if you don't gonna come back, I am going to jump. jump. You tell her, jump, jump in the name of Jesus and walk right into the church and praise the Lord. That's the only reason. You your concern is that. not for the other individual. Your concern is for your spouse, period. Not for the other individual. The other individual knew full well that you were married, you had a relationship, and you were, this is who you were connected to. You, this is who you were in covenant with. And they chose to go down that path anyway. So goodbye. Sorry. Let me show you how this works. Now, I'm a, you, you let me know if you think I should. No, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm going to leave it on the CD, but on the media page, I may not put this up. Because we, now we do CDs and media. Okay? I had a counseling situation years ago. We're talking about how the spirit of seduction works. Any area that you are weak in. If it's been too long since you had a man, you're susceptible to the spirit of seduction. If you're not satisfied in your marriage, it's the spirit. All of these things happen. These things are real, y'all. And all of us go through different moments of that, okay? But uh, this young lady, she was dating a guy. He went to another church. Nothing wrong with that, but church means absolutely nothing. 
You can walk in here with a Bible the size of your car. That means absolutely nothing. They could be praying in tongues for the last six hours right next to you. That means absolutely nothing. You got to go by this. You got to ask questions. You got to interview. You got to, Lord, is this the devil? Is it Dracula? Or is it Jesus? I don't know. Yes. Time will tell. But either way, she got to dating this guy. Yes. Okay. And they were, they were over her apartment. Hadn't done anything sexually. They were living pure. She said, but then they really seemed like she was really falling in love with this guy really, really fast. And they have been together, but, you know, maybe a few days or something, a few weeks, something like that. Okay. Um, so he was like, okay, well, it's getting late. I better get on home. She's like, okay, you can go on home. So he leaves, okay? Ladies, don't have a dude over your apartment. I'll leave that alone when we get to some other stuff. Okay? Now watch the spirit of deception. She is taking a shower after he leaves, and a voice comes to her and says, you know, I think he's the one. I wonder if God would just allow us to marry ourselves instead of in front of a minister. Do you hear this foolishness? Okay. Do you hear this? Okay. So she takes a shower. Ten minutes later, the man calls back. He says, hey, you know, I just really believe that you are the one. Watch this. And I just believe that we should just get married right now. And I believe that if we just marry ourselves, that God will honor that. Okay, I almost said something that I would have definitely had to erase. So she agrees to it. Why? Because she believed in the shower. The Holy Spirit had just told her this. Anything that you hear that is not in the word, you can always put into the category of the demonic. So come on over. He comes back. This is like 1130 at night. They sit on the couch. And they marry themselves. See, y'all laughing, but how many of you know everybody in here had done something just as crazy in another area? <laughs> right? So they married themselves. Well, what are you supposed to do after marriage? <laughs> supposed to get busy. So since we just got married on the couch, we might as well go ahead and do it on the couch. Hey. So they do it on the couch. He then leaves and goes back to his apartment. Okay. She calls him. He doesn't call back. Calls him again. He doesn't call back. But this is her husband, right? This her they just got married. This is her they husband. They just got married on the couch. Okay. Now, this is funny, but it's not because in every single area, the devil has all convinced us to do something yes. stupid like this. And until you recognize how to hear the voice of the devil, your own voice or the voice of the Holy Spirit, you'll stay moving like a puppet. Okay, so, um, so long story short, I got to go track my new husband down. So he went to his apartment. She goes over to knock on the door. He didn't answer. Knock on the door. He didn't answer. Knock on the door. He didn't answer. So she goes back over there the next day. Long story short, he answered the door by surprise. Ever, ever answer the door too fast? You're like, oh, I didn't fool up. You're like, fooling with no Jehovah Witnesses today. Look through the peephole first. I sneak down because they can look through the peephole and see if you're coming. <sighs> Wouldn't talk to the. He, he opened up the door, and when he saw it was her, oh, and he slammed the door behind him. So he, where are you at? And, oh, I'm sorry, I've just been busy, boom, 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 boom. He on the porch doing all this type of stuff because his woman was in the house. He wasn't even married. He's just living with another girl. 
Okay? So you're going around being player player, and then she realized that I got played, but you know what? I, the soul tie had been created. It took me two weeks to convince that girl that she was not married. Two weeks to convince her that she was not married. And finally, I had to just start hammering her with, okay, if you're married, how is the government going to recognize you? If you're really married, where is the license change? If you're married, where's the documentation in order for you to get benefits as a result of you being this man's wife? And then begin to slowly set in that she had been tricked by the devil. But this is how the spirit of seduction works against all of you. All of you, the scripture makes clear when you are born, there is an angelic being that is assigned to you. Bible says that Satan is an imitator. It says that the angels that were in heaven cannot be counted. The Bible says one out of every three angels went with Satan when he fell. So the number of demonic creatures in this planet cannot be counted. There is at least one that is assigned to you. Some of those commercials you see with the little angel and the devil, there's a very much a truth to that. It's not always looking like that. But there is a being that is assigned by God to try to get you on the right track. And there's another being that's assigned to you on Satan to try to get you on the wrong track. It's much easier to listen to the one on the wrong track than it is on the right track. Because the wrong track always seems right. And the right track always seems wrong. Okay, So you got to be very careful with that. So Genesis 3.13, then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So we're going to Proverbs 6, 23 through 26. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Talking about the word of God. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress were hunt. For the precious life. Now, you know, let me add this. While she was reading, this just kind of came to me, and this may be for somebody in the room. Let me say this. Always remember this, you all. Religion has created this picture of a God that is waiting for you to make a mistake so he can pound you over the top of the head. Always remember this. It does not matter how many mistakes you have made. It doesn't matter if you are in a bad situation right now. It doesn't matter if you recognize, you know what, I'm in a situation right now, and I don't think this is the will of God or I did this right. You know what I mean by this? That is okay. As a friend of mine always says, it's never too late to get it right. God, when you, whenever you are wrong, God will always bring you to a particular place where you can come to the point where you recognize, okay, I can move forward. There's no such thing as being in a hole that you cannot get out of. It's just impossible. There's no such thing as being in a hole. Okay, we just, you know, we had a couple here recently that um, they had been living together for three years. You know, and um, and I started doing premarital counseling when they both joined this church, gave their life to the Lord, rededicated. I did counseling with them and I was getting it was a little bit difficult for me to get one of them to see you. You either do it right and you get God's blessing or you do it wrong and you on your own. Simple. So finally, it came around. They had to press through a what you call a threshold in their mind. Then they recognize, oh, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. Boom. They decide to get married. The moment they said yes, the favor kicked in as though they were already married. Lowe spoke to us as a church and told us to get them some because they were like, fine, we're doing the right thing. Period. We get married next week. Y'all don't have no wedding rings. Doesn't matter. 
We get married next day. That's how serious we are. All that stuff doesn't matter. We're getting married in order to do the right thing. We've been doing everything like we are been married. We're going to get married. Boom. Soon as they did that, Lord spoke to me. I had no intention on doing this. Lord spoke to me. Get them some wedding rings. So we got the church involved. Okay, we got them some wedding rings. K Jewelers got involved when they saw what the church was doing. They then discounted the rings. We had actually got money to get them bands. When K Jewelers made sure she had a whole set, okay, um, wedding rings. Then uh, with that, there was enough money left over for them to get the air condition fixed on their car. Can't get married in this 90 degrees outside. Your, your perm be all cocked to the side and Jerry curl, all that. Okay, yeah, yeah, makeup. Okay, so, so then the family members who sat around and talked about how preachers just want your money, this blew their mind. It wasn't even that deep, y'all. We just got them some money for some rent rings. You didn't buy them a brand new car. They were blown away. So the family got involved. And one family, side of the family, bought her a beautiful wedding dress. Other side of the family bought him a tuxedo. And one of the members uh, made them an actual uh, very beautiful wedding cake. And then another family member kicked in, and they're at Disney World right now. Didn't matter that they had done it wrong for three years. The moment they decided to do it right before they were married, God saw their heart and says, kick in the prosperity like they've been doing it right all along. It doesn't matter. The devil will convince you you've been doing it wrong for 30 years. It does not matter because Jesus did not die for 30 years. He died for eternity. But they will always convince you you've been doing it wrong so long. That's the seduction game. Seduce them in the sin. Let them get in there. Get deep into the grave. Buried down underneath the planet so close to hell that when they recognize that they were wrong, they are not convinced that Jesus will never bring them out because how deep the hole. Jesus didn't die for shallow holes. He didn't even die for deep holes. He died for all holes. H-O-L-E-S. That's what's funny, love. funny. I got to hear myself. Let me make sure I spell this right. H-O-L-E-S. Man. Y'all know how that go. You'll see me right on YouTube. Preacher man is. That's how they do it. God died for all. Yeah. But that's true too, I mean. That's right. That's right. Oh, we got a that's sermon right. up in here today, boy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let's keep it moving. So the the seductress says in Proverbs 7, Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Wow. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses, for my husband is not home. Wow. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him, and at the full moon he will come home. With her many persuasions, she entices him. With her flattering lips, she seduces him. So you see in both passages of scriptures, the first one, the men... Lust, the man lusted after the woman's beauty in his heart, and he was taken down. The second instance, she is day in, day out, day in, day out, pressing him, pressing him, pressing him, and then he gives in to her. And this is what I shared last week about the man being on his job, minding his own business. Some new girl shows up, the exact composite of what he likes. 
has a great wife, has a great life, great children. But this woman comes in and she is pressing him day in and day out. And I told my husband he needs to get another job. And that may seem harsh because this is this way he cares for his family. But this woman is there. And if you can't control yourself and you can't file sexual harassment suit and get her out of your face, you got to make a move. But the Lord intervened and the man was laid off, which means he was no longer there and she had no access to him. So he was out of danger. So in that uh, moment of temptation, the Lord made a way of escape for him by just moving him out altogether. And this is the, you know, we use a lot of examples of sex because the scripture does that. And it uses a lot of times um, the woman. But truth be told, a lot of times when you're talking about the seducing spirit, women do that. But sometimes men have done that more to women than women to men. Yeah, I said that right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because women, you know, they can seduce you and they can talk about how good a guy is and how nice you are. Oh, that was wonderful. I just think you're a great guy, you know, et cetera. And see, the thing is, it doesn't take long for men. You just tell them, I like your shoes. You're like, oh, really? Oh, my God. Oh, can we go out on a date? You know, just, you know, just men are simple like that. And that's okay. You know, but but but, you know, and some and and women can very much get a man's attention by the way that they dress, you know, their eyelids, different things like that. But it is usually more of men sometimes that have done this uh, to seduce women on a date, seduce women um, um, into bed uh, to get between her legs, seduce women into prostitution. This is the the spirit of seduction is the main thing that is used to pull these guys, girls on the street into prostitution, get them to become strippers, and it is the main thing that is used to uh, pull children into uh, pedophilia. When I was 17, I had an older gentleman approach me. The man was old enough to be, he was twice my age, I mean, over twice my age. I was 17. Guess he thought I was fine, maybe thinking that I was materialistic and that his money and his cars and his this and that would appeal to me. So he approached me and told me that he wasn't begging, he was buying. Well, I'm not selling. I'm not a prostitute. When you give sex in exchange for money, no thank you. No thank you. And he just gave me all these promises of what he could do, what he would do. And I'm like, I don't need a sugar daddy. I'm good. Thank you very much. And I I just turned him down. But I've had many instances of things like that happening because men prey on women. They prey on them. They tell you how good you look, how wonderful you are, how he could do this, that, and the other. And in hopes of getting what he wants, seduction, not coming for your good, but coming to get something from you. Yeah. A lot of times when a man is telling you that, he's just telling you that because he believes that that's what you want to hear. And and nowadays it's very, very, it's very, very, very bad because now the, the everything from the clothes to the music industry is saying, girls, it's okay for you to just be a little street dog. For a man, let him run over you, let him run through you, and then move on to the next, and you be there for his next beck and call. And like I tell men and women today, and that is, if you don't understand your true value, you will always lower it for another individual. Your value is not based on your reality, it's based on God's reality. Your value is the, the value that has been placed on you. See, you, you, you place a value on yourself based on the skin color, based on male or female, based on what family you came from, all of those things, you know, what, you know how much money you make, what type of house you live in. That, 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 that has nothing to do with value, okay? The value that has been placed on you is the same value that's placed on God. Yes. If you can 
equate. And if you can measure God's value, then you can measure yours. That's the only reason why there was nothing else that could pay the price for your salvation except killing the son. Because I got to kill. It's almost like value for <laughs> value for value. OK. And as long as you don't realize your value, you'll succumb to any little thing to come across any little thing. And, and, and let me say this. The spirit of, the, of seduction works greatly in the area of shopping. You got to be very careful when you go shopping. OK, when you go to these places, they're not going to have clocks on the wall because they don't want you to see what time it is. OK, the, the, the color schemes are the spirit of seduction because they know certain colors get you to buy certain things. OK, you're unconscious to this. But when you go in a store, they always have music playing in the background because they know music. That type of music gets you in a jovial mood and makes you want to start buying stuff. Feel good about yourself. They're going to play no depressing orchestra music. They're going to play something that's upbeat. How many times y'all been in a store and you got to moving around and bumping while you were shopping? OK, <laughs> especially little itty bitty stores at the mall, man. They be playing all the jam. Man, you've been there. Man, I ain't heard this. And next thing you know, give me all these dresses. Man, this music over here is good. But they do that on purpose. And it's worse when you go to places like we did furniture store, um, when you go to uh, car dealerships. Oh, they're going to make it seem like, oh, man, you just got to get this to. Man, Mac, you tell them. I got to tell you about this story. A few weeks ago, my husband and I went out and we were looking at furniture. And I told the man, as soon as I went through the door, I'm not buying a thing, not buying anything. And I had a strong resolve. I don't make impulsive decisions. I don't make emotional shopping decisions. I just, no, I had a strong resolve. I'm not buying anything in here. And before she said that, when we walked in the door, I believe the man told you, as soon as we walked to the door, well, don't worry, we don't work on commission here. Yeah, anybody can help you. Anybody can help you. And then when she told him that, go ahead, I'm sorry. So I get the sales guy and say, I'm just here to see what it is I like. I don't even know. I saw some things online. I wanted to shop around and just look. I didn't need him to show us around. He chose to show us around. Okay, great, cool. You know, I want to see some bedroom sets and mattresses, you know, take a look at some living room sets. Just see what you have to offer and see what I like. We go around the store, picking up all of this stuff. I'm making a list of things that I like, and I'm asking, well, can you give me a printout when I'm done? I'm not buying anything. I'm not running my credit. I'm not putting anything on layaway. I'm leaving out of here and not spending that dollar. I'm pressure on my husband. I'm not going to get emotional. I'm not doing it. We get to the end. I tell the man, thank you. Have a great day. I'm getting ready to leave. Well, hold on. Let me get my manager. So my husband, he just steps back and he lets me handle it, right? Here comes Slick Willie. Here he come. Here he come. So he's trying to, well, you know, you know, we got this great special. If you go ahead and do it today. We can give you this amount. You can go ahead and put in the layout. I'm like, we're getting ready to close on the house. I don't want to run my credit. I don't want to do anything like that. I want to just wait. We can put it in the layout. I'll give you half off. Well, no, thank you. We're not spending any money today. I wanted to just come and see what I like and get an idea of what we could work out. Well, when you come back, it might not be available. So, you know, if you want us to do something for you, you have to do something for us. I said, well, I don't make commitments lightly. I mean, so, he was laying, he was laying it on her, uh, and I, she, she, and, and right there is where she's standing. Yep. And I'm over to the side, and uh, and the guy that was helping us, I told him, I said, "You about to see a show? Watch this." <laughs> and 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 the guy, when the guy walked up, he was right. He was a slick Willie, and he began to. I, I, the only reason I let it go on so far, I wanted to observe the yep. spirit of deduction, uh, seduction and operation when he didn't know he was being watched. And I mean, he just twisted and tried to turn my wife. No matter what she said, he came from a different angle. Um, I mean, it got to the point where he said, I, I, I'm, I'm into finances. I need to school you. And, and, and he trying to teach her about 
financial matters and and this and that. And wait, but I have to tell this part about the commitment part. And I told myself, I don't make commitments lightly, so I won't be buying anything today. So then he says, well, what if you come back and the furniture you like is $2,000 higher? I said, well, I won't be buying it. I will find something else that I like. So now I'm getting a little agitated because I'm telling you, fool, I don't want the furniture today. He, he wouldn't take no rent. I mean, because he was, ve- I mean, I can understand persistence and I'm all for that. And I can be an assertive. I can appreciate that too. But I'm sitting here telling you, I will walk out of this store and I will not ever come back. Oh, then he hit us with this one. Well, you know, whatever he said, well, you know, we're just trying to get something going here because, you know, you guys been walking around the store and he told us that we don't want to waste this guy's time. He's been with y'all for the last three hours. This is your job. This is your job. This is why you're here. Let me get this right. You fools told me y'all don't work on commission. We told you we're not buying anything. We told you we didn't need anybody following us around like a little puppy. Every time we turn around, little puppy man is there taking little notes. And now because he followed us around for three hours, we're supposed to buy something because we wasted his time? When he said that, that's when I look my wife. I thought you were here for me. You're here to serve me. I'm not here to serve you. You're here to serve me and to help me figure out what I would like to purchase. So we're getting ready to leave. And so finally, finally, this dude, he shuts down and said, okay, then, okay, then. I told him, I said, we will come back. When we close on the house, we'll come back and we'll see if you have what I like or not, right? I said, may I have that piece of paper? Now, the piece of paper is the whole list of stuff that the, the salesman put together, right? He said, well, no, I can't give you that because, you know, you're not going to um, buy anything. I said, well, the salesman told me you would give it to me. I said, he told me you would give it to me. So he said, you know what? Here, here, here. Just go on, here. Yo, that was after I let him up, because after when he started going into her a little too hard, you know, I stepped in and he turned to me and see, you know, y'all be careful how you run your mouth with people. OK, don't judge a book by its cover, you know. And so he started going in on me thinking, OK, if I can't get her, she must be the strong one. He must be the weak one. <laughs> so he turned to me. So she went back talking to Mr. Puppy Man over there. And and so he started dealing with me. And finally. I just told him, because he was just getting rude. I said, man, let me tell you something. I said, my wife's credit score is 720. Mine is higher. And I said it just like this. We didn't get there by listening to people like you. <laughs> that wasn't good enough. He went in on me harder. When he went in on me harder, I can't tell you what I told him after that. When I, after I told him after that, his eyes got a little watery, and then he backed off and said, okay, he on another level. Yes. He didn't cuss the man out or anything. No, no, nothing, so, like nothing like that. You know? It's just that my wife would tell you, I'm, I'm super reserved. The only time I come out fighting is if you back me in a corner and, and try to kill me. But then if just one swipe, I'd cut you down to the ground. I had to go ahead and cut this board because you're just disrespectful. I don't owe you. The point, see, is getting personal now. The point that we're making is, is that the spirit of seduction is always out there to hem you up. Okay. At first, they made it seem like, oh, brother, we're here for right. you. We'll have right. little Mr. Puppy Man follow around as your personal servant and everything. No, you only had Mr. Puppy Man following around so that he would be able to seduce me into buying this $4,000 mattress. Because by the time we left, our bill was like $10,000, $12,000. We came in looking for an item. They had us buying the whole store. Oh, yes, okay. get this mattress and get this bedroom set and get this box spring and get this and I'll throw in some lamps and get this and get that. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, just go ahead and add it to the list. Same thing no. with this dealership. Same thing with this dealership. You know, we're looking at a couple of things and, and, and I had to put this guy in check. I said, let me tell you something, man. I said, y'all keep trying to trick me into all of this type of stuff, but are you going to pay my car note when I can't do it in two months? He just looked at me. I said, your silence is my answer. So quit trying to get me to do something I don't want to do. 
The spirit of seduction always tried to make it seem like it's good for you when actually they're trying to entrap you because it's good for them. And it can be a business. It can be a person. It can be a friend. It can be a self. It can be anything. It can be somebody trying to sell you a pit bull puppy. Oh, brother, this would be a great blessing in your life. Oh, it'll be wonderful. Pit bull is going to chew your leg off in three years. But it's wonderful, man. No, it's not wonderful. You want the $300 for the pit bull. That's why you're trying to make it seem like it's wonderful. Spirit of seduction always does that. They try to make it seem like if you come into my inner circle, it would be wonderful. You know you need me. And it's always another sale. So let's take a look at Genesis 39, 7 through 10. It came about, well, this is the story of Joseph when he was living in Potiphar's house and he was second in command. He was actually in command of everything except the man's wife, rightfully so. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with, looked with desire at Joseph. A married woman, she looked at him with desire. And she tells the man, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? He didn't say against Potiphar. He said against God. How can I do this great evil thing against God? As, he, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her, to lie beside her or be with her. So he's like, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to lay next to you. I'm not going to lay with you. He just stayed away completely. And you have to. I mean, it's just sex is so powerful that if you even get anywhere near it, you might not be able to say no. Amen. So it's better just to stay away from that area altogether. I went out with a guy, I was saved Christian girl, had went out with a guy, and I refused to date anyone who was not going to church and had some fruit in their life. I just refused. Went out with a Christian guy, good looking man, you know, worked out, was, you know, bodybuilder and everything. On the very first date, the very first date, he brings pictures of himself in his bodybuilding, right? So he didn't have a shirt on, he all oiled up and greased up and everything. So I looked at the pictures, I was like, oh, okay, these are nice. Gave those back. I never called that dude again, ever. Ever, ever, because I see, I mean, this is the first day I see where this is going. You're showing me pictures of your body all greased up and oiled up. Oh, On I know. the first date. First date. I mean, we don't even get to like three or four dates and we just kind of ease. No, the first date. You want to see my pictures? And I'm, I'm visual, so I'm being honest. I'm a visual woman. I was like, you know what? These are very nice. All right. Thank you. Have a great night. Never called that guy again. Never took his calls again. Because I see where this is going. It may not be tonight, but he's going to in- try to entrap me. And I'm trying to live holy for the Lord. Never called that guy again. And see, you know what? And let me say this. Because when you look at our two pasts, okay, I'm always more like the Huxable. She came from a very, very crazy background. And, but it didn't matter. When she got into the kingdom of God, she said, I'm just going to place the same value on myself that God does, which means that my background does not determine what I got to settle for. Okay. And because she didn't settle, you know, um, you know, she, I don't know how to say this without bringing attention to myself. Y'all know what I'm saying. You know, she, I mean, I'm just saying that she could have married some knuckleheads, you know, because of her background, you know. And and to the degree that you honor yourself will be the degree that God will bring someone across your path to that level of honor. Amen. You know, whatever standard you hold yourself to, that's exactly what God will bring, period. You know, and but a lot of people, they keep settling for things because they can't wait. If you don't understand the nature and character of your heavenly father, 
you're going to always settle for something because you think that God is withholding something from you because he does not like you or he does not love you. When actually he's trying to get that right and perfect thing to you. Okay, I um, this has come up ever since we have started this message. So I'm gonna go ahead and say this. And I did not want to. But a couple of you have heard me share this before. Talking about the spirit of seduction, how it's trying to entrap you. Got a friend of mine. This happened years ago, and he had a roommate. He was staying in an apartment with another guy, and they were roommates. He said he was sitting at the computer one time, and and uh, he had started having problems with the computer or something. So his roommate came behind him, and he stood. You know, he's sitting down, and his roommate came behind him to see what was going with the computer and put his chin on top of his head. Brothers, you already know. I don't care how close friends you are. You know, we got these man rules that's just floating around. This ain't nowhere written. It's just in our heads. Like when you go to the movie theater. Now, this is not too bad. When you go to the movie theater, y'all the only ones in there put a chair in front of y'all. Okay, there's all these man rules that we create. They ain't nowhere in the planet. But thou shalt not put your chin on top of the head of another man unless you want a missing chin. That's just my rule. Okay, so he said, now you can imagine, he said he's sitting there, and he's sitting there like, I know this dude does not have his chin. On, how do you know something like that happen? You just pause for a second. No, he doesn't have my chin on his head like this. He's sitting there. And so he said, so then he said, hey, hey man, you know, uh, uh, back up a little bit. He said, no, you all right. <laughs> oh Jesus oh my goodness so he said he's just sitting there and the guy would not take his chin off of his head now watch this very carefully show you how the enemy will try to surprise you so he said finally in order to get this boy off of him he said he had to stand up really fast push him off of him but he said as his hand, he turned around, he's face to face. And as he's getting ready to put his hands up to push him off of him, he heard an audible voice say, kiss him right now. That's what you call the spirit of a demonic presence trying to get you to experience what we call homosexuality and grain you in that. And next thing you know, he wearing a pink skirt for the rest of his life. That alarmed him. So he pulled me on the phone, man, is there something wrong with me? I said, no, it was a creature called the spirit of seduction trying to get you over into perversion. I did some of y'all from Detroit. I told this yesterday. Okay. Dina will appreciate this personally. Uh, this is this is before I met my wife. Okay. Was I even living right at the time? No, I wasn't. I can't remember or not. Okay. But I was at the gym and there was a guy there that we always used to speak. There was some questions about his sexuality and stuff, you know, but he just let it go. It wasn't really dominant back then. So I just let it go. One time he needed a ride home. He said, man, I ain't got nobody to take me home. Boom, boom, man. Are you going such, such, such way? I said, yeah, no problem, man. I'll take you home. Okay, just being nice and everything. So we in the car. I should have known something was up. All the Detroit people know when he said, I live in, uh, over by Palmer Park. <laughs> Palmer Park was where all of the homosexual men live. That's why they started laughing. Okay. I'm not making fun of anybody. So we ride home. Okay. We ride down 8 Mile. Then I turned down Woodward. Headed towards Palmer Park. We just have an idle conversation and everything until spirit of seduction. Spirit of seduction will also test you. Yes. So I'm driving. He's on the passenger side. Next thing I know, we're talking. And he didn't put his hand on my knee. 
Once again, when it happened the first time, what do you do in your mind? I know this fool does not have his hand on my knee. Then he took it off. So I'm still thinking about, I know this fool did not sit up here and touch my knee. I'm like, he is trying to seduce me right up in this car. So we're still talking and everything. Then he put his hand on my knee again. See, this ain't the time to speak in tongues and quote no scripture and all that type of stuff. What I did was to scare him while his hand was on my knee. I kept on driving but stared at him like this. I don't even know if the car is on the other lane. I don't know if it's opposing traffic. So he's realizing, oh, this fool is crazy because he's willing to die until I take my hand off his knee. Boom, and he took my hand off his knee. Okay, never spoke to that dude again at the gym. I saw him coming. So I'm just letting you know that these things are weird. They will surprise you. Many people end up getting pulled into stuff. Most of us have dealt with some type of drama because of the spirit of seduction. And we don't even know why. Then I had this weird thing to happen. This is just a joke here. But I had this guy that was picking me up from church one time. He was bringing me to the other location. And just stupid stuff. Then people just, sometimes it's not the spirit of the seduction. It's just, I don't know. What, yeah, spirit of stupid. Thank you. <laughs> and, 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 and let me say this. Because there's a reason why when it comes to sexual stuff, the Bible, that's the only thing the Bible said don't pray about. It said get on your bicycle and run. It said flee fornication. Didn't say have no Bible study about it. Let's analyze how we can be clean. Let's not have an intercessory prayer group. It said run because God knows when it comes to sex, you cannot handle it. Tom Cruise said you can't handle the truth in that area. And you must realize that any woman, any man at any time can be vulnerable. Any woman, no matter how powerful in the spirit she is. Any man, no matter how awesome he is in the planet and how he preached the word. and Now, any woman or any man can be vulnerable at any time, at any time. And when you think you cannot be vulnerable and that you cannot fall, that's when you fall because you think you cannot fall. And you got to be boisterous about it. How many of you know who Jesse the Planets is? Okay, Jesse the Planets is crazy. Okay, so white brother, he's an evangelist. You know, hopefully we'll be able to get him in the future. Jesse the Planets is crazy. You will literally cry laughing for the entire service. And, and but Jesse Laplanus is crazy, you know. I mean, Jesse Laplanus is so crazy that he was on an airplane and something had happened, and the plane was getting ready to crash. He got out the seat, started running up down the aisle, shouting, "I'm getting ready to go to heaven!" And, and, and he's just crazy like that, you know. And this is not a show. This man is crazy like that, you know. But he was on a plane, and he said, you know, he's an older gentleman, more mature, and some women like older gentlemen, more mature, more money, etc. So he said, he said, this, you know, little gorgeous young thing came next to him and. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. He said, I got on my wedding ring and everything. And, and, and she kept engaging him in conversation. And he was like, you know, I'm married, you know, I'm this and I'm that. And, and she didn't, you know, this is back in the day, so they talk like this, you know. Finally, he realized she's just not going to turn this off. Because her last statement was, you know, hey, you know, you and I can make some beautiful music together. So he said he just paused a moment, looked around on the airplane. <laughs> and at the top of his voice, Horror Babylon! Horror of Babylon! Horror of Babylon! She started screaming and ran off. Got behind him and said, where's Babylon? <laughs> he just embarrassed the woman. And that's what you got to do. See, what we do is we play too much. Yes. You know? Yes. We want the devil to get as close as we can yeah. just to investigate. Yeah. Okay? What your grandma would say, leave foolishness that ain't got nothing to do with you, leave it alone. Right. 
And when it comes to this stuff, you have to be boisterous. When it comes to your own personal protection, let their feelings be hurt. You got family members that you need to stop hanging around. You got cousins and nephews. You got friends that you need to let go of. Their feelings might be hurt. Their feelings might be hurt for a moment, but guess what? They're going to find another friend to hang out with while you keep on rising and wave at them on the way to the bank as the Lord blesses you. You have to be crazy when it comes to stuff. One of the most difficult, I shouldn't say difficult. One of the times I had to really act crazy. A guy was picking me up, bringing me to church, and we had this last scripture, and then we'll be done. Picking me up. And, and, and I was just feeling a little uncomfortable. I shouldn't let him do that, but he did anyway. We were right on the way to church, and he's, you know, he, we, I'm in the passenger seat studying for my lesson. Okay. He's in the driver's seat. And all of a sudden he says, <laughs> and I'm like, what? He said, man, you know, the devil told me to punch you in the face. <laughs> So I'm studying my lesson. Now I'm looking straight out the windshield. I know this fool did just sit up here and tell me that the devil told him to punch me in the face. I know he didn't say that. So I didn't say nothing else. I just kept looking. I'm not even looking. I'm just pretending. I'm just looking out the front windshield. Okay. I don't know how many couple minutes passed. And then he says, he laughed again. <laughs> he said, let me ask you a question. I said, yes. He said, what would you have done if I punched you in the face? How do you know I'm a pastor? This is the Jesus style right here. I said, see this pencil? He said, yes. I would have took it and just stabbed you in the neck. <laughs> he drove like this all the way back to the church. <laughs> Took that small. Y'all keep playing with people. That's what Jesus did. How many of you know when somebody act crazy, you sometimes have to act crazier and they'll leave you alone for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is crazy. I mean, because it used to be a time when people would respect the fact that you had a wedding ring on mm-hmm. or the fact that you were married. I mean, I've had men approach me and I say, well, hey, I'm married. Well, are you happy? Mm-hmm. Fool, I said I was married. Get out of here. I mean, because he don't care. You're married, so are you happy? Because like, well, I don't care. Whatever you're doing, I still want to get with you. I mean, young guys, old guys, I'm like, these people are just out cold. Just out. They don't care. They have no respect for the marriage institution. You remember the guy at the grocery store? This guy, had kept. he kept... He, she told him, I'm married, he didn't care. She said, I got six kids. He said, I take you and the six kids. He kept hitting on her at some place. And then it just so happened that her and I went to the grocery store together. And he was there. You know the guy, he kept jumping the aisles because he didn't want to see me. He kept hiding from us in the grocery store because he knew I was with her this time. He hiding, we in aisle seven, he jumping over to aisle six and everything, trying to hide from me. Let me tell you something about how the Holy Ghost would will help you. We had this dude that moved in our apartment, Okay. He had this dude that moved into our apartment, I don't know, about a year ago. And um, he has a, I don't want to mention his cars, he has two very nice expensive cars. And he travels a lot, okay? Um, and um, and w- the day he moved in, I saw him walking from his car to the apartment. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, it, say adultery. That's all he said. Adultery. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And I didn't think anything. I ended up having a conversation with it. But then what ended up happening over time is he began to hit on my wife. Continuously. Continuously. Not knowing, quote unquote, that I was married. Because when he asked me out for a date, I said, sure, if you don't mind my husband coming along. He said, your husband? I said, yeah, you talk to him all the time. You talk to him at the gym. You see him in the parking lot. You guys talk all the time. And so I show him the picture. He's like, oh, I didn't know that was your husband. Mm-hmm. And you would think after that point, he wouldn't Stop. say anything else to me, right? 
it continues. So I pray and I told the Lord, get that man out of my life. I don't ever want to see that man again. He was, he lives next door. I come to my apartment. He's next door. I said, I don't ever want to see the man again. And the man comes and goes. We see the vehicles. I don't see the man. I don't interact with the man. He's not there. So, I mean, you can use your faith for anything. I don't want to, I mean, I'm not attracted to the man. He's not my taste. I mean, none of that. But I don't need no slick with, no charmer. I mean, I don't need, I don't need the pressure. I don't, need, I don't need any of that. Just get him out of here. Just until we move, which will be in a few months, I don't want to interact with the man. I don't want to see the man. I don't want to have a conversation. I don't want to say hi. I don't want no compliments. I don't want you following me. I don't want you watching me. Just keep the man away from me. And the Lord has honored that. You know, and it wasn't that, you know, what the Lord was saying was that the spirit of adultery was on this man. You know, he's had a couple of other women that are over there and stuff like that. So the so you, while you have the devil trying to set up stuff, you also have the Holy Spirit warning you. But sometimes we don't listen to the warnings because we're ingrained. So if you won't listen, he'll then move to your friends and your family member. And you generally don't want to hear from them either. Then you turn on the television and a reverend or somebody else will be talking about it. And then you turn it off. You keep turning it off, turn it off. And then it hits you when it's too late. Okay, so be all, be willing to walk, y'all. Be, always be willing to walk. You will never walk away from something that God will not give you better. Always remember that. Always be willing to walk. Okay. All right, let's read this last one. First Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian and Hittite women, I mean, all kind of women, every kind of women, from nations concerning which the Lord has said to the sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart after their gods. And that was why I refused to date a man that was not in the Lord. I just refused. I'm like, the guy might be a good guy, have a good job, have a good heart, but he's not in the Lord. He's just not for me. Solomon had held fast to these in love. I don't know how he could love all these women. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. And that's the ultimate goal of the spirit of seduction is to turn you away from God. I can't tell you how many people, you know, we've seen that they, men and women, serving God on fire, the Lord is restoring them and increasing, and then here come this new date, you know, and, 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 and because everyone wants to be with someone, you know, the person is happy to get this individual, and, and sometimes we have to tell people, no, that's, that's not it. Well, you know, he, I don't care what he or she said, okay, actions speak louder than words, okay, you know, I think I can get them saved. Stop. You're not a guru. You're not the Holy Ghost. You can't even get your own self saved. You're still acting crazy. Now you're going to help somebody else. Okay. And, and these things make, it, you know, it opens you up to all type of crazy stuff. And what happens is anytime you are dating someone, now I'm not saying that it might not, they might not be a little bit less mature than you. When my wife and I first met, I was a little bit less mature than her in the area of knowledge of the word. But my heart drive was there. So she ain't got to call me every Sunday. Would you go to church with me? <laughs> yes. Would you go to church with me next Sunday? Well, no, I got something to do. And then three months go by. Okay, I'll go with you. That was, that, was, that was the case. But if you're married or if you want to be a man of God and you're single, okay, you, uh, you should be dragging your girlfriend or your wife to church. Okay. 
But um, not, not really even dragging because you should have a woman who's after yes, God's yes, own heart. If you got to yeah. drag her and beg her and plead for her to serve God, she's not the one. She's not no, ready. She's not the one. She she's is not, not ready. And that's just it. She's not. They're not ready. They're just not ready. And, and you yoke yourself up to that. What will happen is, is that they will begin to draw you down mm-hmm. because they, they, it's, it's like you're fire and you're yoked up with someone that's water mm-hmm. and they begin to put your fire out. And next thing you know, you're back out there in the street, in the club, smoking weed, doing dope, doing all of the things that deep down in here, you know that you're better than that. Okay. Nobody comes out the womb wanting to do these things. You have to be introduced to it. Nobody comes out the womb wanting weed. Nobody comes out the womb wanting uh, uh, to get drunk and alcohol. Nobody comes out the womb wanting cocaine. Nobody comes out the womb wanting all this type of stuff and all this perversion. This stuff has to be introduced to you. Through the spirit of seduction. And then curiosity sometimes kills the cat. You then want to investigate it. You then want to try it. You then want to say maybe see. And then what happens is you get ingrained in this stuff and it becomes like a yoke. It becomes a chain and it and it hems you in. But it all starts because we're going to get over into we'll do part two of this next weekend. But but what happens is the spirit. Um, let me say this again. Seduct. We talked a lot about sex, but seduction is not just an area of sex. It is you are seduced then there is intimacy that produces a tie. When you want to get out of it, it then becomes a problem to break that tie. You see that when it comes to sex. It's the same way when it comes to money, okay? Someone, you can have a lot of money and someone seduces you out of your money, okay? And then what happens is if you continue, as you begin to give them money, it is the equivalent of sex. When money exchanges hands, it is the equivalent of sexual intimacy, okay? And it produces a, 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 a bind. That's the reason why when you give somebody money and don't pay you back, sometimes you can't even function until you get that money back. You just don't let it go because the soul tie was produced through money. Okay? Or then when you want to stop giving them the money, now it becomes a problem. It can be that way with time. It can be that way with business. Definitely that way when it comes to churches. You can be a part of a church and it is a soul tie. It was one of the strongest ones. A soul tie is created at this church with people, with friends, intimate relationships. All different type of things. And what happens is the Lord will tell you it is now time for you to move on because I have more for you. And then you can't because that soul tie has been created. Okay. And then unfortunately, a lot of a lot of pastors, they uh, when you leave them, they it makes them feel bad. And so they'll then Lord and use scriptures that's out of context and all that try to make you stay someplace. All of that. But just remember that. That's why we're gonna cover all of these different type of things. We're gonna talk about seduction, then we're gonna talk about sex, because sex is never physical. It is always physical, spiritual, and emotional. God never designed sex to be physical. Sex was designed to be being to being. The same way you have sex with an individual and there is a transfer of physical fluids. When you have sex with an individual, there is a transfer of emotional fluids and there is a transfer of spiritual fluids. You are never taught that in school because they are too dumb to know that. Anybody who rejects the spiritual realm is ignorant. So they only teach you the physical because that's all that they can see. It is what you cannot see that is affecting you. Then we got to introduce what we call transfer of spirits, where as a result of who you are tied to, not only can there be a transfer of physical fluids, emotional fluids, spiritual fluids, but now if they have any negative spiritual substance on them, it is now on you. And that thing will tie you down for the rest of your life. You'll have thoughts. You have all different types of things. A lot of people, there are a lot of men and women who become homosexual and lesbians on these two things because they watch porno <laughs> and they had sex with somebody who had sex with somebody else that was in that lifestyle. 
you have sex with one individual that has sex with somebody else that was a three-way, two-way homosexual, lesbian, whatever the terminology is, what's on that individual is not on them even though they're heterosexual. You have a man, I hate to get graphic here, you have a man who has sex with two women at the same time, that's called the spirit of lesbianism, okay? You have sex with two women at the same time, you know what I'm talking about? See, now something is on him. When he has sex with another, just one woman, what's on those two women is not on her. Nobody tells you this, but what happens is, is that our families are destroyed and nobody can understand where it's coming from. We got schools, y'all, where no child in the school has even seen a marriage, let alone has one in their family. This is not a black issue anymore. Okay, we share another building with a pastor who's white. He says, explain to me why my youth group, he said, in my youth group, it's the same situation that's going on. Okay, so somewhere along the line, this has to be corrupted. Otherwise, we keep transferring this to the next generation. Uh-oh, did this mic go out? <clears throat> no. Uh, we keep transferring this to the next generation and produce more. Can you imagine having a society where our next generation produces double the amount of problems that we have now? That's where it's headed until somebody takes a stand. But nobody wants to take a stand because, you know what, we live in a society now that says you're stupid if you say that you're supposed to abstain. Okay, but the sickness and disease rate keeps multiplying. All of the other problems keep on multiplying. All of the broken homes keep on multiplying. But you idiots say that we are idiots because we say it's no problem if we teach a man to keep himself and a woman to keep himself because the system was designed by God this way, even though most of us have messed it up. It was designed this way. Your body, I don't know why I'm saying, your body was designed to have sex with only one individual for your entire life. It was designed that way. God didn't design it based on multiple partners. He designed it based on one. So when you have sex with the first individual, your body, your spirit, and your soul bind itself to that individual like glue because the process was only supposed to be one person. So now when you have multiple partners, it's like I said before, I got a million dollars and I'm supposed to meet her in five years. But then I meet one girl over here and I give her 100000 I meet another girl, I give her 50000 I meet another girl, give her 20000 I keep giving all my money to all these other girls. So when I meet her, I got $10,000 left. Now she can't get everything that I have because I passed it out to everybody else. That's what happens when you have sex. You keep giving parts of yourself to other individuals. And so what you may think is sexual malfunction in your marriage is not sexual malfunction or sexual incompatibility. There is malfunction because of what you or your partner have done prior to the marriage and those ties were not broken. So you all can be compatible. You can enjoy fulfilling sex life with your spouse, but these things must be broken. And, and, and I'll say this last thing that we do. Men and female, okay? And I know I'm saying men generally have problems with this more. You have to fight against that pornographic spirit. That is not real sex. It is the ultimate level of perversion. Ultimate level of perversion. You watch that, okay? And the spirit of that thing comes right through that screen and it gets on you. And then it stays on you. And you have no idea. See, people always say is, you know, stay a virgin until you get married. Nobody tells about what happens if you don't do that. Now, let me say this. Regardless of what you have done, God can restore you 100%. I love the story of my friend Nathaniel Flott, homosexual man, been feeling that way since five and has been with 200 men, 200. If he was heterosexual and had been with 200 men, 200 women, that's crazy. But to be a man and be with 200 men, and yet the Lord restored that man 100%, heterosexual, married to a woman, they have two beautiful kids, he is now in ministry, okay? But the Lord had to bring him through a great deliverance because even though he was saved and he was spirit-filled and praying in tongues, he still wanted to be with a man. 
because of the soul tie thing. And then one day he woke up, I always say this because it bears repeating. One day he woke up and said, Lord, I now reject the feelings of a homosexual. I only embrace the feelings that come with being a purebred man the way you created me. The next day had no more feelings for a man, only had, a, only had feelings for a woman. There are lots of men and women who will say, well, you know, I tried that and I told God to change me. Yeah, the reason why he didn't is because you knew in your heart you didn't mean it. The Bible says what you believe and what you say. It says the belief in the heart and the confession of your mouth. People pray prayers all day long and don't mean it in their heart. Lord, I want you to change me. He looks in your heart and says, no, you don't. You're just saying something because you're frustrated at the moment. Give it a couple of days and you'll be right back to it. Okay. so don't pay attention to people who say I prayed prayers and the Lord didn't answer it. Yeah, well, sometimes there's reason for that, because the Bible says all of the promises of God are what? Yes. And amen. So if it didn't come to pass ain't his fault, yours. Go ahead and stand. Last thing I'll add to that is that anything can be restored. I was tricked out of my virginity. I had a promise in my heart that I will stay a virgin until I get married. <laughs> and somebody told me, are you going to go buy a pair of shoes and not try them on first? I thought, well, no, I would never. That would be stupid. I would never buy some shoes and not try them on first. And there it was. The seed was planted. So you can have a desire in your heart, a promise in your heart to live holy before the Lord. And mistakes are made. It does not matter what dis- mistakes are made. I went down a certain path, got pregnant, had an abortion, and the Lord still honored me. I gave my life to the Lord at 18. I served God with all my heart. I made some very, very um, strong decisions where I just cut things off. I mean, immediately. So when we talk about getting things out of your life, pictures and old letters and old cards, I mean, for some, you may not have to throw out your mattress and your dining room table and your kitchen table and all of that. But for others, you got to go hard. And that was the strong commitment I made. I cut the music. I cut the men. I cut this. I cut that. I cut friends. I mean, I cut it. And I was alone for a long time. Just me and God in the word, praying in the word. Lord, make me holy. Make me a woman of God. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. I made mistakes. Didn't know any better. This is where I was born. This is who I was born to. This is the lifestyle I was involved in. So God can restore you and he can make you something you never thought you would become. You could have never told me that I would be standing here today sharing my personal life with you because of where I've come from. Married to a man who didn't even know anything about my background, probably has seen some of it on TV, if that. So the Lord can restore you and exalt you and bring you to a place of cleanliness and holiness beyond what you could ever imagine. It does not matter what you've done. There's always restoration. There's always love available. There's always mercy, always grace. But you have to believe that and you have to want that. And you have to say, all that I've done, I'm putting that away from me. Lord, help me in this walk with you. Because I love you more than anything in this earth. And I want your plan for my life. I have lived the way that I have lived. I have done it on my own and I have not done it right. Help me turn this thing around. And the ship will not turn overnight. It may take days, weeks, months, and sometimes it takes years. And that's okay. That's okay. As long as you are on the right path. And at the end of the day, if you press into God, if you come close to God, God will rush to you and he will be there and he will help you. And it won't take as long as you thought it might take. 
Our Father is a Father of restoration, a Father of love, not condemnation, not shame, not embarrassment, not pain. He only longs to love you and be connected to you and be soul tied to you and be in relationship and intimacy with you so that he can lead your life. He can direct your path and use you mightily for his purposes, not the enemy's. So the enemy may have come in when you were a child. He may have come in when you were a teenager. He may have come in when you were a young woman or a young man. But his plan does not have to continue today. So if you are here, and if you are not saved, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, lift your hand right now. If you are here, and you are one time walking along the right path with the Lord, and for some reason you got off track, and you have turned away, this is a good time for you to rededicate your life, recommit yourself to the Lord and His way of doing things.